0: Well, good morning. Notice I have no Bible and no notes, but you'll learn why in a second. Well, my name's Gary. I'd like to take a moment on behalf of the church to wish, well, all of the mothers, all of the soon-to-be mothers, the mothers who aren't mothers yet, Um, and really any motherly figures. You know, women have the ability to do something that my body cannot do, and (laughs) it's amazing. Uh, And so on behalf of the church, happy Mother's Day to all of you. You know, Mother's Day can be challenging for some. Um, I think about the people who have... uh, Lost a relationship with their mom, maybe never knew their mom, uh, maybe was there was abuse, maybe there was all of these different things that uh, can cloud uh, a, a mother's day and and the meaning behind it, and 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 for that I want you to know that I see you, we see you, and. Um, You know, Mother's Day was challenging for me for a long time, and you'll learn about that a little bit at the end. Um, You'll hear a story. But one of the things that I have learned is that God has a plan. God has a plan. And that plan may be very different than yours and what you think that plan should be. God has a very different perspective uh, a very high-level view can see a whole lot more than we can. And one of the things is that we go through a lot of these challenges and trials, and we grow. And we learn, and um, hopefully we can connect with those who have done that or gone through those types of things. There are so many uh, benefits to when you go through something, you can really connect with other people. Which brings us to today. Um, spoiler alert, I am not a mom. Uh, and for me to sit up here for 25 minutes and talk about Mother's Day, well, I think I have a better idea. So today, you are going to hear three amazing, awesome women share. Three different perspectives of motherhood, and they are wildly different. Some of them Might even, the situations may make you feel uncomfortable, may make you feel awkward. I encourage you to lean into that because of two reasons. One, these women that are about to get up here and speak are strong. They're faithful. They've gone through challenges. And they continue to connect with God through those things, through those challenges. And the second reason, they're family. We are a family here uh, within this community, within this building right now, and we want to love and encourage these women. But their stories, they're different, and they're awesome, and we can learn so much from them. And I hope that you listen and you'll learn from their experiences. Let's pray. Dear God. Thank you for mothers. Thank you for the motherly figures in our lives. Thank you for just blessing us with them. God, I pray for this church. I pray for the encouragement that we will listen to these three different perspectives and really gain insight, gain insight on how we can connect with you through challenges through love, through just a 100% commitment to others. God, thank you. God, I, I pray for the women who are about to share. Please be with them as they share their stories. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Good morning to everyone. Sorry, I just don't want this to like fall over while I'm up here. Okay, so um, yes, I have red on my cheek. Is it this cheek? Yes. Um, so it doesn't signal me out as a mom by well, it kind of does. So my girls have a competition, a dance competition this morning, and so this is a good luck kiss that they give me before they go on stage, and so I don't wash it off or anything till sometime tonight when I get home. So I didn't forget to like not do my makeup correctly by any means. So. Um, Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Being a mother is learning about strengths you didn't know you had and dealing with fears you didn't know existed. That was by Linda Wooten. Being a mom is an adventure full of ups and downs. Each year when your child's birthday rolls around, a new adventure begins. And if you have multiple children, then you have multiple adventures throughout the year. Now, well, they last a year, and then they start all over again. I have two beautiful girls. That's two new adventures each year, outside of everything else, and there's really not much I can do to prepare for it. When I had Isabella, there were no fears, it was fun. And sure, there were times we had to discipline, but overall life was great. My dream of becoming a mom had become a reality, and my motherly strains were glowing. Then came Ileana. I was put on bed rest at 32 weeks, and my baby was born at 34 weeks. During that time, we were told that we could lose the baby, I could die giving birth, or both of us could lose our lives. We were definitely high risk. Fears I had never felt before flooded my whole existence. I didn't question God, but instead I went into survival mode. From the moment I went into the hospital in 2013, up until about three, three and a half years ago, I was constantly living in fear. What if we were in a car wreck? What would I do? Would I get my babies out? What if I was in the store and XYZ happened? How would we get out alive? If there was severe weather, what would I do? It got to the point where I knew where all the exits, closets, emergency phones were at for every place that we visited frequently. And if it was a new place, the first thing I did was look for all the exits or hiding places that were close to me. My thinking had become, catastrophic, and it wasn't getting better. Anxiety was, to, was starting to kick in, and my strains, they weren't glowing anymore. Through spiritual discovery, I learned that my way of thinking wasn't okay. I was praying about it, but things really weren't changing. Not because prayers don't work, but because I just wasn't letting go of those fears. I started praying through Philippians chapter 4, verses 6-7 every day for a year. Each time a fear would come to mind, I would remind myself of this scripture. I would rebuke the thought, share my thoughts with friends, and pray that I would find, a, find peace and comfort in Christ. But let me tell you, I have definitely tasted our God's peace and comfort. What does that look like? Quite honestly, I don't know how to explain it. Does that mean I no longer have fears? No. Remember the adventures I I shared about earlier? Well, each time a new adventure starts, new fears kick in. (laughs) Will my children love God? Will they love others? Will they become Christians? Who will their new friends be? But what I have learned is to put a stop to these fears. I have learned that God's comfort and peace can also come through friends and family. I am open about my fears with my husband, friends, and family. Some have children the same age as mine, some younger or older children, or no children at all. But they are all willing to listen to me patiently, offer advice, pray with me, and love my girls. Every day I pray for God's comfort and peace. I don't want to wait till Jesus comes back to know what it feels like to love God or to live in his comfort. I mean, God is offering it now, so I'm going to take it. I have learned to take control when Satan puts those fears in my thoughts. Satan will not have control over me, but in the contrary, I spend time in God's comfort and peace and let him take care of Satan. Connecting with God in his comfort and peace is the best experience I could ever have.
2: Those of you that don't know, I'm very nervous, so just know that. Okay, so a little background. Good morning, by the way. Happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful people. Um, My name is Misty, and I am a single parent of two beautiful children, now pretty much adults. Clay is almost 20, and Madison's almost 18, tier. Um, So I've been single parent since 2008, so about 15 years most of their lives now, so it's been a long, hard struggle. And whether you're a single parent or not, you know there are struggles to it. There is doing everything by yourself. So you have to mow the lawn and weed eat, and you have to pick up all the toys and clothes and food and plates. And you have to wash dishes and wash laundry, and you have to work 40 hours plus a week. And you have to find time to do family things and time to do things individually with each kid. And there's not enough time, so it's very hard. So things can be a struggle being a single parent, obviously. Financially, there's one income. You have to put in your 401K. You have to put in your HSA account. You have to save money for emergencies. You have to have a vacation somehow magically come out of that money. So it's hard in a lot of different ways being a single parent, obviously. It's hard being a parent at all. So you all know that, better parents. It's hard. The struggle is real. So on the good side, there's so many blessings to being a parent and being a single parent for us in our household it's different because we don't have that parental unit and the kid unit we're all one unit we all work together in our household we discuss everything and we plan things together we convince each other why our way is better and we find agreements in there somewhere so that's kind of nice being in a single parent household as we are a very very close unit sometimes to a fault but It's nice. So um, I grew up in a very small family, just me, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And we did everything ourselves. We didn't have a lot of friends over. We didn't go places because there was other people there. So it was always just us. So when I became a single parent, I thought I had to do everything by myself. I thought I had to figure out how to get kids to and from everywhere and how to financially make things work and how to, you know, just find the time for everything. And then I found the church, and it kind of becomes your backbone. It's your family. You almost have to lean on them to make it work. You know, I mean, you can't do it as a single parent without that family unit, which is you guys. Um, For Clay, I'm not a male. I don't have any male perspective to give him for anything. So, so many of you brothers have reached out to him and shared your perspective and your views and your thoughts, and y'all have given me opinions and suggestions on what to do. And that means a lot to us. You've invited Clay to Saturday morning breakfast, and that was really cool. That means a lot to us that you accepted him in. Madison, all the, the ladies, we've had problems with people not wanting to me to invite her to things, and they're like, oh, don't bring your kids, you know. But all the ladies at the church have always been super welcoming and have said, don't even ask anymore. She's always welcome if you're welcome. And that means a lot to me and her both. So, And Marissa has been Her mentor has meant so much to her through the years with prayer and sharing Bible studies, and they've cried together and laughed together, and that means a lot because I'm very different from Madison, and I can't always have that side that she needs, and Marissa has done that for her, so that means a lot. So having the church there has been amazing. Just You guys have really, really been a family to us, and that means a lot. Um, So when my mom passed in 2010... I remember thinking and praying to God that I didn't want it to make me angry and I didn't want it to let me fall away from him and me blame him and get mad. And it was just the opposite. I remember me and a neighbor and a sister. Sorry, I didn't think this would happen. (laughs) I thought I'd be too nervous to cry. Um, I remember us hugging and just falling to the floor and hitting our knees and praying together. And I remember thinking, I don't know how people get through life without him. And it's the same way with kids. I don't know how people can raise kids in this world without knowing he's there with you to support you and to support them. I mean, you don't, it's not ideal that they don't have a physical father around. But when you have the perfect father to lean on, I mean, you know, it kind of leaves room for you to just be mom. And they can look up to him and who he is as a father to all of us. So that's amazing to have. Um, and what was my other thing? Oh, each. So they are amazing disciples in Christ and each one of them continues to amaze me and keep me going on my path. Clay is the most amazing person at his quiet time, daily prayers, reading his Bible. And I mean, he will hit his knees, turn the lights out and just lay down and do his prayer time. Like it is amazing to see him. Um, Bible study, this kid knows everything out of the Bible. I have to go constantly to him. When did this happen? And who was the ruler at this point? And okay, I think I got it. And it's, he always acts like he doesn't know, but he always gives the perfect answer. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, you knew. But, um, Madison is my Wednesday night savior. So every Wednesday night is a struggle for me. And I come home from work super tired and I always come in the door do we have to go tonight? And every Wednesday, she doesn't even hesitate. Yeah, like, it's not a question, Mom. And we always enjoy it. As you know, when you do go, it's wonderful. And it gives you that boost throughout the week. So it has been amazing. um, Being a single parent, it's been a struggle. But man, the blessings that I've seen through them, just helps me to stay going and following Christ. And I want to be, you know, you don't want being a single parent to change anything in their future so it's great to have you guys to help and support us and I love you guys each and every one of you and I couldn't do it without y'all or him so love you guys
3: really honored to be able to share today because I'm not a visible mom. Um, I know most of you know pieces of my story, but um, I want to fill you in on the kind of the cliff notes version. Um, so Israel and I have married now for almost 13 years. Um, about a month and a half after we got married, um, they discovered a very large tumor that they had to remove. Um, and there was question whether or not I was ever going to be able to have children. Um, Well, they were able to remove that successfully, um, but that still really kind of jolted me into that kind of fear aspect and standpoint because that was being a wife and a mom was something that I've wanted since I was a little girl. Um, So because of that, we had to wait a while to start trying to have our family. So about three years later, um, we were cleared and um i know it would take a little bit but um month after a month um the answer was no and um but then after three years two months and 16 days um we were pregnant um the answer was yes we lost judah february 23rd of 2017 the doctors thought that I would get pregnant again quickly, and they were wrong. Um, about a year and a half um, of trying things on our own, um, we decided to go after. After that, we decided to go ahead and start pursuing fertility treatments. Um, we tried four of those treatments with no success. Um, there were so many things that I learned about God throughout that time. Um, sometimes it's kind of hard to remember what each of those were um but every once in a while i will um receive a a challenge on a facebook group that i'm on to ask god for a word of the month and um there was one month that i asked god that and the word that he gave me was trust about a week later i knew that i was pregnant even though the test said otherwise um Every time I was tempted to take another test to confirm it, I just felt trust and so I did. Um, a few weeks later, I started having complications and so I did take a test and it was positive and I lost Talitha a few hours later um, on August 19th of 2019. I felt hurt. I felt angry. I felt like God betrayed my trust. But what I later realized was that God never told me how things would turn out if I trusted. He just told me to trust. A few months later, I got pregnant again. Um, My labs weren't increasing the way that they should, um, so there was a lot of limbo. Um, We didn't know if things were going to stick. I remember during that time telling one of my brothers that I don't know if I can stay in relationship if God allows me to lose this third baby. We lost to Gideon November 11th, of 2019. My faith was shaken beyond what I can endure. But around that time, I remember someone sharing a new definition of faith, and that is that faith is being like Jacob who, while he was wrestling with the angel, just refused to let go until he was blessed. And I thought, I don't know how to do faith any other way than that, that I can stubbornly refuse to let go of God. Um, To me, that felt like a faith that was real, and that felt like a faith that I could attach myself to. So August of last year, God opened my heart to private adoption. But my heart's desire was still to conceive a child. And so during that time, I prayed to God and I said, God, if, if this is the direction that you want us to go down, Um, you know, if I'm not pregnant within the next three months, then I'll know that this is really the direction that you want me to go, and I'll start talking to Israel about, um, you know, being more public and kind of taking those next steps. Well, the next month we were pregnant. (laughs) Um, There's no reason behind it but God. No fertility treatments, no doctors, no holistic treatments, Just God. Um, We didn't want to wait to tell anybody. We just wanted to celebrate because he had finally done it. Um, Many of you saw our announcement that read, we waited, cried, prayed, doubted, and hoped for 3,253 days. Sometimes miracles take time. And I can't tell you how much it meant that each one of you guys celebrated with us so completely. Um, some of you even started to call my baby Mini Muffin, <laughs> and I, I treasure those moments, and I don't regret a single one. So, Azrael was called to heaven on October third of last year. So, this is my story of motherhood so far. It's messy. Um, The emotions are messy. Trying to figure out what I'm going to tell people when they ask how many kids I have is messy. What I'm learning about God within this last nine and a half years of fertility challenges, that is messy. Mother's Day's emotions are very messy. Um, I feel so honored and so proud to be the mom of four children who are in heaven who are perfectly made and who are waiting for me. But my arms are still empty and they're still aching. And I don't have a promise of them being filled. And I also so deeply and greatly want to celebrate my own mother. So you can see I'm a mess. (laughs) But several years ago... um, I, as I started sharing my journey a little bit more openly, other people began to open up their mess and their stories to me, and we found community. I realized that God wanted me to share and reach out in the midst of my mess, not wait until the struggle was over and there was a pretty bow on it. I've seen that no matter what your journey or what your story is, whether or not you're a soccer mom, The single mom, the one who's just trying to hold it together mom, um, it's all messy and it's all overwhelming at every single stage. And that he wants to use every part of the journey, not just the parts that are complete, not just the parts that we know how it ends. Um, Most recently, I listened to a sermon titled, Faith That Captures the Attention of Heaven. Of course I was interested. Um, my arms are still empty, and I don't know when or how they're going to be filled or if. So, um, And the next steps in our journey aren't clear, and so my ears always perk up when I see or read things like that. In the sermon, he spoke from John 12 after Jesus predicted his death. It says, that Jesus said, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? In other words, how do I pray? Option A, Father, save me from this hour, to which, of course, I would have responded, yes, get me out of this situation, I'm done. Um, But Jesus said, no, it was for this reason I came to this hour. Jesus chose to to pray option B. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Jesus saw that in the midst of what was about to be a very messy situation, that the right prayer was somehow that God would get glory. Rather than praying to get out of it or to get resolution or to become more comfortable, He attached himself to the mission of heaven, that God would be glorified and that others would be saved because of him. So the sermon went on to say that the prayer, God glorify your name, is the prayer that he always answers. This challenge has wrecked the focus of my prayers lately. Am I praying in light of heaven's mission or my own? Is this the prayer that I'm willing to pray, that if my situation never changes, that others could see him working in my story and see him because of my story? My Azrael would have been due two weeks from today. I should be massively pregnant right now. Um, in my mind, there has been no greater glory brought to God then for us to finally be able to have a child after so many years of waiting and hoping and so many prayers from so many people after i lost her i asked god how can her death bring you more glory than her life did and i still don't have an answer for that like i said my story is still messy But I have to believe that God is working all of my mess in a different plan. And I don't know where he's leading me right now. But for right now, I'm learning how to ask for God to glorify himself through me. Thank you.
0: Well, if you need a proof on why I didn't sit up here for the last 25 minutes, you got it. Um, I had some closing thoughts, uh, but to be honest, I'm going to scrap those. And I'm honestly just going to respond to the three women. Um, You know, one of the things that we learned from Laura is that we have to let go of fears. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many fears that entrap us. And she gave great examples. Maybe your fears are something different. You know, maybe it's the fear of not trusting God or the fear of where is my future gonna go and what does that plan look like? You know, she learned that that you connect through God through comfort and peace. And I just I couldn't... Uh, that preaching is as is, is perfect as it gets. You know, mothers do that um, amazingly. And there's so many lessons to be learned on how we just have to let go of all those fears that so easily entangle us. Well, Missy's story was amazing. As someone that grew up with a single parent, it is challenging. Um, and... And it's so good how we learn that she relies on our unit as, as the three of them. You, you see so much God in that and, and how, I mean, just think of all the things she mentioned. It, she was mentioning vacations and spending time individually and all these things that she thinks about. And as a as a step-parent, you know, I, I think to myself, man, I don't, I don't even, I don't think of that. She just has so many things that she thinks about on how she loves her kids and just so many godly characteristics through that. And, and she learned that you just can't do everything by yourself. That there's God, there's the community, and then there's family. You know, Alyssa's story is challenging. Um, I don't know, in, in, in all honesty, 100% honesty, That if I went through that, I don't know if I could trust God. Just hardship after hardship after hardship. I just sat back there and thought to myself, my goodness, I just don't know. And I mean, if that isn't a story of perseverance, of godliness in every way shape and form that is just an amazing story to me um lissa is an amazing woman and and she she talks about her life being messy and i just i'm just so i just admire that so much i admire her trust i admire her all the things that she has dealt with, and is—I think to myself—is that something I could do? And I hope that you sit there in the seats and think, is that something I can do? Because that is a a, a great example. I'm gonna read a Bible verse. It's very popular. We talk about God's plan. We also talk about mothers. In Psalm 139. Verse 13, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. How precious are your thoughts about me. O God, they cannot be numbered. That's... Amazing and and that is proof that God does have a plan our lives can be messy our lives can be Challenging but God has a plan and we got to trust so real quick I grew up with a single dad never knew my mom my mom left when I was three years old um I Grew my parents had me at an extremely young age. My parents are young for how old I am and um I grew up with a single dad. He he finally got married when I was 19, but in, in all honesty, even when I was, I say I was raised by, my, by a single dad, but I was raised by my grandmother. My dad traveled for a living. I could not stand Mother's Day. Mother's Day was a challenge. Mother's Day was a reminder that my mom didn't care about me, but took care of her four other kids. Uh, Mother's Day was a reminder to me that you know, I wasn't good enough to stick around and that there are four other people out there that she gave birth to that she cared about. And that's tough. It's tough. It's tough when, you know, I, I, I hired a private investigator when I was older just to find out more about her. Um, I had a half-sister reach out to me. One of those kids, uh, one of the chil- her children reach out to me and um, I was just so bitter. I just didn't even meet her. You know, I just didn't want anything to do with it. By that point, my heart was my heart was hard so hard and um, it took a lot for me to change Mother's Day Uh, my thought my thoughts on Mother's Day and I and my thoughts have changed um, because I'm I married someone who I really do consider is one of the best moms I've ever met you know Kelsey is as she has a a crazy story of her own Um, I would have had her come up and share but uh, she is part of my ending here. So I was like, well, uh, let's not overkill it. But um, it was the first time I saw someone, like, talk to children the way she does and connect with the way she does. I just never seen that before. To be honest, I didn't even really like kids at that point. It was just who I was. It's not, I didn't understand them. I didn't know how to talk to them and deal with them. And, and Kelsey changed that for me. Kelsey changed the fact that Mother's Day means so much more um, than my own biological mother not being a part of my life. It's, it's just there's so much more. And, and she changed that for me. And, and I share that because um, uh, there may be some of you out there that have similar stories that struggle with some of that. And I do tell you that that can change. There could be something in your life that changes that. It happened for me, and it didn't happen until I was 34 years old. You know, I was older. I was still bitter. That's a long time. And and those things can change. And so we learned a lot today, learned about different perspectives of motherhood and um, the challenges with that, but how they still connect with God. And, and I hope that we can really uh, – Really take that to heart. I'm going to close out today with a poem. I'm going to be honest with you. I wrote this poem for Kelsey. Um, but it's dedicated to all the moms. It's dedicated to all the moms who want to be moms um, and aren't moms yet. It's dedicated to the future moms that don't know that they're going to be moms ever. <clears throat> to mom. Our guiding light, so dear, who loves shine through year after year. On this special day, we gather round to celebrate the joy you've always found. You wake up early, ready to go, with a smile on your face, a cup of Joe. From dawn till dusk, you never rest. Putting our needs before your own, you are the best. Your hugs are warm, your words so wise, you have the power to dry all our cries. From scraped knees to broken hearts, you heal our wounds, your love imparts. You always listen, you're our biggest fan. Supporting us with every plan, you cheer us on in all we do even when our dreams seem out of view. Your gentle touch, a comforting embrace, fill our hearts with love and grace. Your laughter is contagious, a joyous sound. In your presence, happiness is always found. So on this day, Mom, we honor you for everything you say, everything you do. Happy Mother's Day, dear Mom, we say, You do, you brighten our lives in every way. Happy Mother's Day.